Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sasland. Today we are learning from Masechet Yoma Daf Gimel, page 3. As you recall, yesterday we studied the opening Mishnah of this Masechet, which stated that the Kohen Gadol must be sequestered for seven days before the Avodah service, before entering the Kodesh HaKodeshim on Yom Kippur. This pre-shoot, this separation, was a way to prevent the Kohen from becoming Tameh in any way, from becoming impure during the week preceding his most important moment of the year. While it might seem to make logical sense to separate the Kohen Gadol before such an intense moment, the Amoraim on Daf Bet and Gimel want to understand the source of this pre-shoot, the source of this sequester. And they offer several possible theories. First, perhaps the Kohen Gadol's seven days are meant to parallel the seven days that are required for sequestering the, a Kohen who is going to be in charge of the para aduma, the red heifer. Or maybe the seven days were derived from the Miluim, the inauguration of the priests in the very first Mishkan in Leviticus, when Aharon and his sons were inaugurated into the priesthood in the Miluim. They had to be sequestered for seven days before they gave their first sacrifice. We know this from Parshat Shmini. It begins, Vayehi Bayom HaShmini. And so it happened on the eighth day. That was the eighth day after seven days that they had been in sequestration, that they were able to complete the first official sacrifice in the Mishkan. Maybe the Gemara says the Yom Kippur Avodah service is modeled after this. Just as Aharon and his sons were sequestered for seven days, so too the Kohen Gadol before Yom Kippur must be sequestered. Or the Gemara continues, maybe the seven days were derived from the holiday of Sukkot, or from Pesach, or Shavuot, or Rosh Hashanah. There are so many different legal precedents for this sequestration. And in the middle of it all, at the bottom of Amud Bet, of Ardaf, there is a machloket, there is a debate between the famous B'nai Plugta, the arguing pair, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish were equals in learning, and they loved to learn together and to argue together and to challenge one another. In fact, the story goes that when Reish Lakish died, Rabbi Yochanan looked for someone else who would challenge him with the same brilliance as Reish Lakish. And he looked for um, someone that would actually present an opposing view. He died from missing Reish Lakish and from not having a bar plukta. So this machloket is just one of the many, many machlokot, uh, one of the many debates between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. And I think it shows why Rabbi Yochanan loved Reish Lakish so much, because 
Rish Lakish provides a completely different opinion from all of these legal precedents for why the seven days of sequestration. Rabbi Yochanan holds that indeed these seven days are based on the Miluim, the inauguration of the Mishkan. But Rish Lakish presents something different. According to him, the seven days of sequestration for the Kohen Gadol are actually derived Sinai from Sinai. He quotes a moment in the book of Shemot where the cloud of glory descends upon Mount Sinai and Moshe is invited up to speak with God. Vayishkon kvod Adonai al har Sinai, the glory of God rested upon Mount Sinai. Vayichasehu he'anan, and the cloud covered We'll get to that in a moment. Sheshet yamim, six days. Vayikra el Moshe bayom hashvi'i. On the seventh day, God called Moshe. My sheshet yamim asks Reish Lakish, what are these six days? Zebana'av. This is the principle, the source for the principle. Shekol ha'nichnas b'machane shechina ta'un prishat shisha. Anyone who... Um, enters into the camp of the Shechina, has to separate himself for six days. So let's just take a moment as an aside and look for a moment at Rashi on the word Vayechasehu. This word is a little bit tricky because it says Vayechasehu he'anan, the cloud covered. It's not so clear what the object of Vayechasehu is. The who at the end of the word could refer to something, the mountain, or it could refer to someone, Moshe. Rashi explains that while um, many of us might think that the word refers to Mount Sinai, that the cloud of glory covered the mountain, Rashi explains, according to Reish Lakish, the object of the word Vayechasehu is actually Moshe. To Reish Lakish, the cloud was covering Moshe, and it was the cloud that gave him this separation time. The cloud was his place of isolation, just as Moshe then had to prepare for meeting the presence of God by being isolated in the cloud. So the Kohen Gadol, who is about to meet the presence of God in the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, also has to be isolated. This verse from Shemot is a beautiful verse where the, the cloud comes down and God calls to Moshe. It's a, the kind of verse that we might imagine deriving beautiful agadic ideas from this kind of verse. But it does not seem like the kind of verse which could be a halachic basis for anything. On the contrary, it seems like the kind of verse that would have absolutely no legal import. It's a lovely verse. And yet, Reish Lakish is using this vision of Moshe in the cloud of glory as a halachic derivation for the sequestration of the Kohen Gadol before Yom Kippur. In doing so, Reish Lakish provides a powerful mix of the agadic, the story, the value-laden aspects of Midrash, and the halachic, the legal parts of the Midrashic process. And he allows us to imagine that the Holy of Holies is like the Anan HaKavod, that the Holy of Holies in the temple is actually like the Cloud of Glory, and that the Avodah service of Yom Kippur is a reenactment of Moshe's entering into 
that cloud and into the space where God's presence lay. The Kohen Gadol is reliving this moment. And when we experience the Avodah service through the Kohen Gadol, it is as if we are in the desert ourselves, watching Moshe enter the cloud of glory. We are that close to the presence of God. It is an image that will stay with us as we approach the next Yom Kippur. And in presenting it, Reish Lakish is teaching us a lesson about the Talmudic process in general. He is showing us that for the rabbis, everything in the Torah has potential to help us understand Jewish life and ritual. Every single image, even Moshe in the Anan HaKavod, even Moshe in the Cloud of Glory, has the potential to carry legal weight. And the inverse is true as well. Tracing our laws, the very laws that structure our lives, tracing them back to the biblical narrative deepens their significance for us and allows us to have a deeper experience of these rituals. No wonder Rabbi Yochanan missed Reish Lakish so very much because Reish Lakish combines the different aspects of the love of Torah and the love of Jewish ritual and he allows us to have this beautiful combination. What a beautiful challenge to Rabbi Yochanan on our daf and we can see exactly what he must have missed when Reish Lakish died. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.